Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, I think it's time for you to tell us a story. Once upon a time. No, 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 not that story. I have a story in mind. Oh. Story of mine involves your dog and its long lost brother. Oh, yeah. Tell us the story, Kate. We adopted our dog from Georgia. Mm-hmm. He was in Chicago for all of 24 hours before we adopted him. Mm-hmm. We decided to do a dog DNA test through Embark to see what kind of mix he was. And we found out he's part Australian Shepherd and Husky with a little bit of. German Shepherd and Chow Chow and all sorts of things. The Chow Chow is always the weirdest part of that, but go on. In this DNA test, they also tell you if other people decide to get their dogs tested, uh, if he has a relative. And lo and behold, it turns out he has an immediate, it just says immediate family member. It won't tell you if it's a brother, father, son, what Mm -hmm. the situation is. Um, but it was the owner of that dog reached out to me and said, I think our dogs are related. And turns out they are. She also adopted her dog from the same shelter and lives an hour away. Hmm. She said, um, my dog's name is, well, we, he has really bright blue eyes. And so we thought of Alaska and then we thought of Kodiak bears so we decided to call him Cody, K-O-D-I. That's interesting. What's the, what's the name of your dog? Kodak. Hmm. That's a, <laughs> that's a little unnerving, Kate. So Cody and Kodiak. Yeah. Well, and- no, Cody, Kodiak, mm-hmm. and Kodak. Now, did, have they met? <laughs> they met for the first time last weekend and couldn't care less about each other. <laughs> but boy, they looked a lot the same, didn't they? They looked very similar. Had the same weird baby blue eyes. Same yeah. eyes. Yeah, Kodak, my dog is a little bit huskier, but then again, he likes food. <laughs> and, he does like food. And we've been in quarantine, so you can't blame him. So yep. oh, makes sense. Yeah, so it's been fun. That's a fun story. But, I just wanted people to hear the fun story. Yeah, right we're going to try top, and yeah. like have him meet up maybe like once a month or something. Nice. And... Maybe he'll get to like his brother then. Or his son. <laughs> or his son or whatever this or relative might be. brother stepbrother. <laughs> Dad? No, I, I suspect. Don't know. I, who knows? Who knows? And who else knows? Uh, what's your name? Who knows? Who knows your name? I am Kate Kodak's owner. Yes, and I am Betsy, not Kodak's owner. <laughs> And what do we uh, what do we do besides not owning Kodak on the show here? Oh, we talk about children's picture books. That's right. And what do we try to determine with them? Whether they suck. All right. <laughs> today, now I'm doing an, I'm doing a new kind of book today. I'm very excited about this because the book that we are doing today is a book that is massively popular. Like it is number thirteen when you look at Publisher Weekly's like list of uh, the the most popular books. This one kind of, I checked just today just to see what number it was. And it was number 13. And it's been number 13. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was number 12. It was number 12. And it's been number 12. It's been on the list for 240 weeks. 
So is it older than 20 years? Yes. It came out in 1999 in Britain. Uh, and it, it came out a little after that in America. And Have so I heard of this? Here's the fun fact. Nobody knows this book except for maybe teachers. I was completely unfamiliar with it. I had never read it before, but I'd heard its name come up all the time over the years. But it is, I, I think, well, let me pull it out. Okay. You can take a look. You can <laughs> say for yourself if you've heard of this. Giraffes can't dance? Right. So I was like, yeah, okay, this seems to be constantly popular. I've never read it a day of my life. I've never had any inclination to. No one quotes it. No one really talks about it. I mention it at dinner tonight, and my son proceeds to tell me the entire plot, (laughs) cover to cover. I'm like, how do you know this? He's like, nah, I just read it in kindergarten. I'm like, okay. My daughter also was familiar with its work. So... You're going to take this book that is massively popular and yet not everyone is familiar with, and you're going to read this book. Okay. Go read the book. All right. All right. While Kate does her read, I decided to find out as much as I could about the book's creators. Uh, They're British, so I don't think many of us have run into them here in the States. So let's start with the illustrator. Uh, It's a a guy, Parker Rees. There's not much to say. He, He did the art for the three grumpy trucks which came out last year. I really enjoyed that. He studied English and philosophy at York University. That's about all I know about him. Now, the author, Giles Andre, is a bit of a posh fellow. He he attended Eton, and uh, throughout his childhood and university years, Andre was close friends with former British Prime Minister David Cameron. You see, the, the pair were housemates while they studied at uh, Oxford. He's the creator of something called Purple Ronnie? which appears to be very popular in England and is completely and wholly unknown in the U.S. Uh, and the popularity of today's book that we're doing today was perhaps why the publishers of Winnie the Pooh commissioned him in 2017 to write Winnie the Pooh, the Great Heffalump Hunt. That is all I know. Rawr. <laughs> is that... The noise a giraffe makes. Oh, Lord. I thought they have <laughs> those long tongues, right? So wouldn't it be more oh. like... <laughs> that's that's my giraffe imitation. I'm pretty sure it's accurate. It's pretty on point. Um, yeah. Uh, for a second there, I thought now there was gonna, a giraffe in here. Just going to dry off then, my microphone now. Oh, okay. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Mm-hmm. The cheese. So I'm sorry, what? The cheesiness of oh, this Oh, I was... Yes. Yes. Yeah. so, so yeah. cheesy. Oh, don't give it away, Kate. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry. give it away. Here, let me let me just start from the beginning. Oh, sure, start from the start. I'm gonna read the first two sentences. Sure, so that's pe- all you need to do. All right. So people get a, like a mm-hmm. feel for what kind of yeah. book this is, right? Yeah, yeah all right, right. And I'm gonna pretend to do it in a not British accent. Okay, don't do it in British accent. <laughs> Gerald was a tall giraffe whose neck was long and slim, but his knees were awfully crooked and his legs were rather thin. A lion crouched in a field and saw his dinner there. He pounced on J- pounced on Gerald and ate him quick. So all giraffes beware. Nope, that was a much shorter and sweet, short and sweet. I like I like that. <laughs> can a- can you, dear listeners, figure out where Kate diverted from the original text? Oh, it's true though. There is something crouching in the field. And it's looking right at him. It actually, that does look like a female lion on behind right? a hill, maybe? 
yeah. So I'm and like, he is completely oblivious. I'm like, what's what's the rest of this book about? His like <laughs> his funeral? I yeah, it's about the ghost of the giraffe. And really wanted his to giraffe children that he left behind. I get so maybe they <laughs> will avenge you, father. <laughs> So, stompy, stompy, stomp, stomp, stomp. So anyway, no, it's about this giraffe who um, is awkward, and the whole book is rhyming. Yes, the whole book is rhyming. The Gruffalo has much to answer for. <laughs> because the Gruffalo comes out, and suddenly every Brit writing a picture book is like, well, I can do that. And clearly they can. Yes. I mean, can they do it well? That's a different thing. I do like can. all the little like insect details, because there's always a beetle... Or a grasshopper, or a cricket, oh, or something. Oh, I, I have written here. Every single page. Can you spot the cricket and the red, yellow, and blue beetles on every page? That is from the illustrator's website. Yeah, I read they, that. They so. are on many pages, not mm. every page. Oh well, but <laughs> but many, yes. All right. Um, however, I haven't had a tattoo in a long time, mm-hmm. and I have a new tattoo. What's your new tattoo, Kate? My new tattoo is the warthog with the maracas. <laughs> okay, because I do have to give points to a warthog with This is my mood for twenty twenty. This <laughs> current mood, warthog with maracas. Right, I, it says well, it all. And maybe it's not maracas. Maybe it's drumsticks. I can't really tell. I'm just I'm feeling. Okay, them. that's really dark. If like the warthog is holding the drumsticks of a dead animal that. <laughs> You know, is clearly perished because of one of the other animals at this dance. Right. And it's just like waving them around. They're not making noise. It's more oh, yeah. like of like, remember the dead. We, yeah. we should probably explain the dance. So every year oh, explain the dance, in yeah. Africa, it says they. Yeah. Right there. Okay. Okay. Because ha- Africa's all the same, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the entire continent, they hold <laughs> the jungle dance. Okay. Wait, I'm just going to stop you right there. The jungle dance? Uh, yes. In Africa? Yes. The jungle? Mm-hmm. There's a jungle in Africa? Yes. Huh. That's a... Uh... It's right there, Betsy. It yeah, you're right. Because there's the Serengeti on the left, and then the jungle, yes. which is very um, tropical flowers mm-hmm. and yep. rainforest uh-huh. and... Yep. Betsy, it's in the book, so it must be true. <laughs> Yeah, who am I to As I was saying, in the entire continent, uh. they held a jungle <laughs> dance. And this was the year that Gerald Whoa. really wanted to dance, but he was awful at it. Yeah. Um, and you can see every animal pairs up with its kind to mm-hmm. dance. So the warhogs are waltzing. You got the rhinos over here who are rock and rolling. Whatever that is. I'm not sure what that is. Um, I love how dramatic the lions are, though. They're they're tangoing, but their faces are, they are so into it. And they're it. passing the flower very effectively between one another. I, I do have to give them points for their style. They're very dramatic. Right. Um, the chimps are doing the cha-cha. Mm-hmm. And then you have eight baboons that are doing a Scottish reel. Um, I don't know what kind of a Scottish reel, but the next time I see baboons, I'm going to imagine that they're all doing Scottish country dancing and they're all named Angus and Fiona. I think that's the only appropriate reaction that one could have. Uh, yes. Yes. All that you say I would is like true. to see one with a bagpipe. Is that so I, much to I ask? am a little sad that <laughs> someone passed up the chance to have some animal with a bagpipe. Because right there. I mean, you did a book about dancing. I and- did. But there was there was no bagpipe. I there, didn't have there. a reel for that matter, though. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. 
so all these animals are dancing, right? And then it gets to be Gerald's turn, and he it was apparently the only giraffe in this entire That's his problem. Continent. Everyone's paired up like it's this is like the sequel to Noah's Ark, and right. he somehow ended He's up as the only himself. giraffe. Yeah. And everyone's laughing at him like, oh, he can't dance. He's going to be so weird. Everyone is laughing at him except for one obvious animal. Do you know? Oh. There's no. one questionable that maybe you're not sure, but there's one animal that's obviously not laughing. Is it a cricket? It is the turtle. Oh, interesting. It, the turtle has the been turtle. with the giraffe <laughs> since the very Wait, beginning. Seriously? The yeah. turtle follows him everywhere. Yeah. And the turtle is not But the happy. turtle gets no credit for this. No. No, he's just There not, is no justice in the there's world. There's no he's just not happy that's that everyone kids. is laughing at his friend. Yeah. Except for him and no and you know, to to be fair. Gerald doesn't even notice him. <laughs> so, so you know, maybe so he deserves it. Gerald, he, you know, he's like, oh, everyone's right. I, I can't dance. So he goes away into the jungle um, where he looks up at the moon and a cricket says, you know what? Sometimes you just have to find a different song in order Jiminy, to dance to. Jiminy Cricket. Oh, oh, you just you wait, my friend. Um, before we get to that, though, I, what is this Stella Luna like hiding in the, uh, in the corner? No, I think it's supposed to be a bush baby, right? I don't know. I think know. it's a bush baby. I like the idea of Stella Luna. But the ears are all bush babyish. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, right. This is Jiminy Cricket. Bush baby, Cric- you're back. No, no, no. It's, Jim, it's Jiminy Cricket. Uh, yeah, it's Jiminy Cricket. Faux show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just missing a top hat and umbrella. Yep. And who decided that crickets are, like, the wisest insect? Oh, Colloidy, the guy who wrote Pinocchio, clearly did. I mean, I don't... I guess because if you're loud enough, then people think you know what you're talking about, and they Hmm. therefore ascribe wisdom to you. We all know that's not true. What? So, Jiminy Cricket has a (laughs) violin, and he's like... Here, just I'm just gonna play the violin, and you just feel dance and do what feels right. Yeah, and so you just go with it, baby. Just, just go with it, and can, so he does. Can I just say this is the point which, when my son was telling me the plot, he could not get any further than this point. <laughs> He's like, "There's a cricket, and it plays some sort of instrument." The end. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a far shorter book. <laughs> I might have enjoyed that book. All right. Yeah. So, and well, y- your son was right. He does yeah. start dancing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love this page because he's like, I am dancing. I am dancing. And he's like above like the trees. No, seriously, this is kind of a freaking me out shot. But I'm like, how are you going to land, buddy? You seem to be literally 200 feet off the ground. He may be dancing, but judging by the expressions of both the (laughs) owl and the bat, it ain't well. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a lot of limbs. You got a lot of them. <laughs> Just because you can yeah. doesn't mean you should. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so oh, also except for the page where he's doing the somersault, um, the cricket is in every single shot. What? So it's it's kind of a fun like where's huh. Waldo? Find right? the cricket. So you get past the somersault page, and then it's the it's the game of finding the cricket. Huh. So he's tucked away on the left side. He's tucked away on the right it's like, side. It's he's like very bug. small. Um, so it's that's kind of a fun game with your kids. You sure. Want to find like the cricket. Try and find the cricket because he's always there. Hit it with there. a hammer a la Pinocchio. Because the... No. Like so the giraffe that. apparently can only play if the violin is going. He will oh. not dance unless the mm. violin is playing. 
And all these animals are really impressed with him. They're like, it's a miracle. Oh, Gerald's the best dancer. I'm getting very curious about what the lesson here is supposed to be. Right. So uh, at the very end, you know, they're all like, how'd you learn to dance like that? And he simply twirls and finishes with a bow. Doesn't even grace them with an answer. (laughs) And he says, when we... We all can dance when we find music that we love, which made me think, what kind of music do you think he was dancing to? Because I think it was dubstep. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I was going to say Cotton Eye Joe. Oh. I've been for Cotton Eye Joe. I guess that I've makes more sense to the violin, but I like my yeah. dubs better. I think, I think yours is much better. Yours is much better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Like a cricket, man. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's, and that's all there it is ends to it. With so the moral of the story is, if you can't do something, just do it anyway. Get really quiet. So like mindfulness and then you just do that thing and you will be so good that everyone will admire you and say, oh, what fools we were to have teased you before. We well, Is that the lesson or is the no, lesson? The, the, the lesson is overcoming obstacles and conquering your fears. Okay, but How? Like, it's not so great with the how. It's like, you should do that. Yep. Overcome those obstacles. Conquer those fears. Mm -hmm. So how? By finding a magical cricket fan? Yes. Okay. Uh, But also, you know, like, yeah, sometimes, like, I don't like dancing to certain types of music, but I do like dancing to other types of music. So maybe if you're trying to conquer fear of one thing maybe you could conquer fear of something else like when i'm cleaning the house and i find something that i lost before and i don't find the thing that i'm actually trying to find exactly wonderful okay so long as we're clear with that all right so this book obviously is is originally british i don't know if that was obvious was that obvious oh yeah okay so originally british and uh one oh nothing um the Sheffield Book Award, it was commended. The Blue Peter Book Award, it was shortlisted. The Richard and Judy, right there. I love that there's an award just called the Richard and Judy. Uh, shortlisted. Did it win anything? It did not. It did well, the not. illustrations aren't great. No. And yet, and of the two, of the author or the illustrator, the illustrator is far more successful in making more picture books. The author's done a couple other things. But the illustrator's gone just madcap. So the illustrator is Guy Parker Rees. Could you think of a more British name? And then the illustrator, the author is Giles. Giles Andre. Giles and Guy. You'll, you'll get to hear my little uh, behind the scenes thing where I, I, he went to Eton and Oxford, my dear. Oh. He was, was buddies with the prime minister when oh. he was young. Mm. <laughs> um, since its release in 1999, it's undergone several adaptations for children's television and theater. The publishing house Hachette Books uh, translated into 34 languages. And okay, so here's where we get a little confused about how many copies have sold. Uh, I believe on the author's page no no it wasn't the author's i guess it was on the wikipedia page for this it said that um b 
between the UK and the US, it has reported sales of 10 million copies. Then you go over to the Illustrator's website, and he says uh, that they have sold over 1.5 million copies. And that's a bit of a discrepancy there. You got your 10 million on the one hand and your 1.5. So either the Illustrator does not update that part of the website and hasn't since it was 1.5, or one of these numbers is wrong. I don't know which. Ratings time! Okay, so, as I said, it, it is, you know, about overcoming your fear. Um, am I going to remember it? <laughs> no, not one bit. I uh, remember but, it until now, yes. But if you're looking for a book to help your kid get over some challenges of their own, this book might help. Um, how? <laughs> It gives no roadmap. It gives, it shows listen to the moon. It shows a character get over their fear, and maybe they can emulate that. I'm playing devil's advocate all here, right, Betsy. All right, all right. I'm all not right. a huge fan of it because it's, as I said in the beginning, it's really cheesy. Oh yeah. Um, so I gave it a four point five. All right, you're you're kinder than I am. Uh, yeah. I I'm not I'm not a fan. I I actually like the art fine. I mean, you know. Lions doing the tango and passing the rose between their teeth. That's awesome. But it's not great art. I don't think anyone can call it oh, great no. art by any stretch of the imagination. And the writing, ah, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's terrible, Kate. It's Did terrible. You, I mean, if I can do a poem in the beginning, the little rhyming yeah, couplet. Yeah, your poem was as good as the book, <laughs> and you just dashed that off. I did. It's what the book feels like. The book feels dashed off. And yet... Its popularity is without compare. Kindergarten teachers around the country every year buy new copies to replace the worn out ones because it's been oh, read you so know what many this means. times. We're going to get a lot of hate mail from teachers. I don't know. Do we have that many teachers? We probably do. Yeah, we, probably we have a have lot of teachers and All right, well, 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 though. We'll see. We'll see. I suspect not. I suspect that the love of this book does not reach down to their souls because uh, most people have not read it as children. They came to it as adults, as a thing you could read in class and that rhymes. So this is my theory, is that we will not find defenders of this book. Um, and just to guarantee that, I'm, I'm giving it a 2.5. Wow. Low. Jeez. I don't like it. So it's definitely not a classic. I think it's safe to say not a, not classic. a classic. Which is fine because I wasn't going to remember it anyway. <laughs> Great. So all this will pass through your brain. Yep. And you won't remember it. <laughs> all right. Letters time. Yay. First and foremost, we have a letter from Lorelai. Hello. I love the name Lorelai. So right there, I'm just happy I get to say that. And she says, dear Betsy and Kate, ABC order, Kate. Well... She okay. says that, but we all know, okay. we all know the God. truth. Move it, God. Because I'm the best. I am a huge fan. I have been listening from the start. I love how Kate... Wow, that's really impressive. I love how Kate points out things I never see. I love how Betsy has the book knowledge. You two are just great. Aww. Now for the book comments. I had to go get Showway out of the library after the show. I was a bit behind shows during the whole COVID thing because I usually listen when I drive. But I have been staying home a lot more. I love Jacqueline Woodson. I have heard her speak a few times. I needed to go back to the book to re-examine the pictures. Thanks, Kate, for making me curious. The book is a classic. It is yeah. amazing. I agree with your rating. 
I just got Stitches yesterday. That's the David Small very adult memoir. Thanks, Betsy, because I did not know about it. What a memoir. Amazing read, both words and pictures. I am so glad I read it. What I love about the podcast is that it makes me want to look at the books again. Keep on going. I love listening to you. I think Aww. we need fan club shirts with your logo, please. <laughs> so, Kate, get on that. We need fan club shirts. Spitball. There we go. Fan and you know what we really club. need? We really need um, we need uh, masks with our logo on it. Oh. That would be cool, right? That would be cool. That would be super cool. If only but we, we knew would have how to, give, to do that. Well, and also if we did anything with the current logo, which is by Andrea Sarumi, we would have to give her a cut. Oh, <laughs> because yeah. Because in that she made the whole logo with the, with the two Muppets. With yeah. the two Muppets. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Lorai, who's a, a, an elementary school librarian. So there, there we go. go. There See? we go. So librarian. Yeah. Next up, not teacher, though. Librarian. Very mm-hmm. different. All right. Next one's from Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Long time listener. Love the podcast. And I've recommended it to so many fellow children's literature people. Are you only reading like the nice emails? Yes, all the nasty ones. (laughs) um, I just stuck in a hole somewhere and I will now bury. I love getting to explore old favorites through Kate's fresh eyes. You have fresh eyes, Kate. Boom. Fresh. I could pick them out in a grocery store and it wouldn't even be rotten. Fresh eyes. I'm actually caught up on the podcast and can write in a timely fashion. Hooray! Betsy, I'm very excited about your beaver sighting. Thank you! Whoa. <laughs> sorry. Whoa. I'm sorry. It's just been... Blowing out the mic just Nobody there. appreciates them the way I do. So this is very gratifying. Having just finished listening to Eager, um, The Surprising Secret Life of Beavers and Why They Matter by Ben Goldfarb, it was fascinating. Highly recommend if you want confirmation that beavers are cool and seeing them in the wild is important. Eager like a beaver to find out what book you explore next. Erin, and she's a children's librarian in Seattle. Awesome. Yes. And that brings us to grown-up things we like. Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, our mom, when she likes things, she may bring them up more than once sometimes. And she likes good omens. So... My husband and I thought, let's watch us some good omens. Now, I knew mm, that um, Michael Sheen was in it. And he plays the angel. Yeah. The good angel. David and Tennant. David, well, I'm getting to David Tennant. I mean, Michael Sheen, I, I I liked him very much in 30 Rock. I liked him as Tony Blair and the Queen. Um, so I've seen him before. I'd never really seen David Tennant in anything. I know he was a doctor who doctor yep um and i I, like if you put him in a lineup i could point him out but he appears on the screen and i couldn't recognize him and i couldn't recognize it like i I literally like but i thought david tennant was in this and it took me a long time to figure out why i couldn't recognize him and the reason is he's got snake eyes yes and i it's his big brown eyes that i recognize Ah. if you take away his big brown eyes i can't recognize him (laughs) especially if you put little snaky eyes in him um, which are highly unnerving. I think this is kind of cheating, though, because I already did Good Omens as a grown-up thing, like, way back in the day. Did you really? Yeah. Oh. When I don't first, remember that at all. When it first came out, yeah. Oh, see, you're assuming that I listen to what you say. So that's <laughs> that's where it all... Thanks. Well, Thanks, anyway, Betsy. I am now... I'm not even done with it, but I'm trying it myself, and it's, it's just fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's yours? Um, on Netflix, there's a show called Love on the Spectrum. It is set in Australia, and it's about seven young adults on the autism spectrum that are diving into the dating pool. 
it's very interesting to see the range of people with autism. Some are, you could barely even notice, they seem perfectly, you know, fine. And then there's others that have, that are, that make it very difficult to understand basic communication skills. And they bring in a dating expert who helps people on the autism spectrum. Um, they have uh, like speed dating events specifically for people with autism. Um, it's a very interesting show. Um, and I really like how some of the people just straight up have no filter and say, this is what I want. This is what I like. And I want this. And it's refreshing. Hmm. It's, it's a very interesting show. And to kind of go along with that, there was a 2009 claymation movie called Mary and Max, which if you haven't seen that, I a thousand times recommend it. Also, one of those characters is supposed to be in Australia, oddly enough. Um, it's about a young girl who's voiced by Tony Collette and a man with, um, well, what they used to call Asperger's syndrome, um, voiced by Philip Seymour Hoffman. It is a very good movie. Um, highly recommend it. Claymation called Mary and Max. So if you don't want to see a reality show on Netflix called Love on the Spectrum, then go check out Mary and Max. And where can you see these two things? Uh, Netflix and I don't know. I bought the DVD oh, for Mary okay. and Max because that's how much I like it. Your local library. Yeah, then. sure. Excellent. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, those are excellent recommendations you have. Thank you. Well I didn't realize I was doing an autism theme until I... Did. No, <laughs> but it, they, they tie so well together. And then look at you putting two together. See, I, I dole mine out because I do so few grown up things. So I have to like dole Oh, I have a whole list of grown up things. Okay, so, well, I'll just steal one of yours so next time. So <laughs> next time, you just let me know do you want an app? Do you want a TV show? Jeez. Do you want a podcast? Or do you want a movie? Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll probably have something at that point. Well, you, you just let me know. What I'll you, let you know. Okay. I'll let you know. Okay. okay. But until that time, though, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our tickety-boo is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.